couple things before we jump into our part one of our new series, Awaken 21, is this. Easter at Radiant Life, Resurrection Sunday, April 16th. We've titled it Grave Robber. Is that not, I thank you, I got one person excited for Grave Robber. We all got to get excited about this, church. The tomb's empty. Who, yeah. Christmas means nothing if the tomb is still closed. Christmas is absolutely nothing. It's just another Jewish boy on his birthday. But the grave's empty, and we have faith. So we're going to celebrate. We are, we were, we were debating three services, two services. We're going to stick with two. Here's the deal. It's a packed house in this service already. Because on top of that, we're celebrating baptism on Easter service. So if you're ready to take your next step in your faith, circle B on the bottom of your connection card there. Write the t-shirt size that you want also. And we're going to celebrate baptism. What a great way to celebrate new life than on Resurrection Sunday where our faith is founded in. So circle B. But what we're going to do is we're going to bring in chairs. You've been down in these corners, along the front, down there, in the back. I'm going to ask you regular attenders of Radiant Life to do this on Easter. Will you please sit forward? Got it. Yes. Woo. All right. Will you just sit forward? Because our first-time visitors like to sit where? We like the back, though, right? I go and visit churches on my Sundays off. I, guess where I sit, even as a pastor? The back. We like to sit in the back as guests. So I, pr I ask you regular tenders, let's sit up front closer to allow our guests to experience uh, our worship and experience an awesome God from the back. And then you guys will be getting invite cards soon to invite to Easter Resurrection Sunday. But don't forget, go ahead, tear off that bottom connection card of your bulletin. Circle B, let's celebrate new life in that we're made new in the image of Jesus Christ. And we want to celebrate that. Circle B on your connection card will get a hold of you. Also, our next night of worship is the Sunday after Easter, April 23rd, and we've titled it Alive. What an awesome way to just, we celebrate Resurrection Sunday and Easter, and then the next Sunday, we're going to celebrate that God is alive, Jesus is alive, and we're going to celebrate that. If you were here last time at our uh, refresh night of worship back in January, uh, we, we were busy in here. And we had stations, and it's going to be very similar, but different stations, different things going on. I hope you make room in your calendar time for this. This is Sunday, April 23rd, 6 o'clock. And uh, if you got little ones, we'll have stuff for your little ones. So you can come and freely worship God. Ooh, it is hot in here, friends. That's just the Holy Spirit. Or maybe my fifth cup of coffee kicking in one of the two. One. <laughs> Woo-hoo! All right. Well... Let's jump in to Awaken 21, part one. Did you know that it takes 21 days to create and form a habit? 21 days. What would it look like, friends, if we dedicated our lives for the next 21 days, starting tomorrow, leading up to our biggest holiday, that we devote our lives to saying some very dangerous prayers? I think oftentimes we pray very safe and generic prayers. What I mean by that, and here's a couple that we say, I think one I've titled the Father, Father Prayer. Turn to your neighbor and say, Father, Father. The Father, Father Prayer is this, is, <laughs> it's, hard, it's a tongue twister. 
is when you say it, you're like, oh, Father, I just pray, Father, that you would be with me, Father. And Father, thank you for your forgiveness, Father. And Father, you are good to me, and it is a sunny day. Thank you, Father. Father, thank you. Amen. Right? We pray that sometimes. It's a little odd. But we don't talk to normal people that way. We don't go up and say, Johnny, great Johnny, nice to meet you, Johnny, glad you're here, Johnny, like your shirt, Johnny, Johnny, you are a good-looking guy, Johnny, great to have your family here. We don't talk to each other that way, but sometimes we talk to God that way, Father, Father, we just, and I think sometimes we may say those prayers because we lack maybe a close relationship there. I think also, also we do prayers, what I'm going to call shotgun prayers, or Nerf Dart prayers, is we just shoot these off. We wake up in the morning and say, Hi, God. Well, that one didn't go off. That was, a bu- <laughs> that was a bummer. Hi, God. Oh. And then we say, God bless this food. Thank you for it. Amen. God bless my family today. This illustration's not working. God, I'm going on a road trip. Keep us safe. And that's it. We just shoot them off. Nothing in depth with our prayer. It's just random whatever. Okay, God bless this food. Amen. We do shotgun prayers. We also do prayers that are titled, listen up, y'all. So turn to your neighbor and say, listen up, y'all. Listen up, y'all. Prayers are prayers that are famous for parents to do, and grandparents, and aunts and uncles. You're around the dinner table, and you pray, Father, some of us have been disobedient to their mother. They are not honoring well as you want us to. So, Father, not saying any name, but will you please help us to obey our mom and dad better? So listen up, prayer. Who are you praying to? You're not praying to God. You're just speaking to your kids or your grandkids or your, aunt and all, or your nieces and nephews. There's no communication. You're just doing listen up, y'all. We also do another one. We do ritualistic prayers. Prayers that perhaps we've memorized and we say every day. And perhaps prayers that we repeat like the Lord's Prayer. Now, nothing wrong with them. Many of us have them. My fear with ritualistic prayer, saying the same thing over and over, is it becomes so unordinary that it doesn't come from our hearts anymore. We just memorize it. It's just what we do. Every evening, I, we pray with our kids. We do a Hebrew prayer and then say it in English. Shema Yisrael Adonai Eloheinu Adonai Echad Ve'ahavta et Adonai Eloheka B'kol levaka uv'kol nafshaka uv'kol meodeka Ve'ahavta leviaka komoka amin my kids recite that with me. And then we do the English version. Hero Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord alone. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your might, and love your neighbor as yourself. We do the ritualistic prayer every night, but then afterwards I pray, God, I just ask that you would watch over my kids right now. As they go to bed, and I know they're stressing out with school, but I go into a prayer then afterwards that comes from my heart. We do the ritualistic thing, but then I do a very heartfelt prayer for my kids as they go to bed. But if you do the ritualistic prayer, just make sure it's coming from here. That's the danger. This series, Awaken 21, look at dangerous prayers. 
In fact, we kick off this week in a big way. In fact, when I got done writing it, I came back and I was talking to staff here at Radiant Life, and I said, I, I, I don't even want to pray this prayer. It's that dangerous. And I think it's going to do something to us. So are you ready to jump into Awaken 21, church? Let's jump in. If you have your Bible, if you got your tablet or phone, will you please turn with me to Psalm 139. Psalm 139. If you don't know where it is, it's about halfway, literally, take your Bible, open it up, and it's probably right there, right in the middle. 150 chapters, longest book we have in Scripture. Uh, it's written, it's Hebrew poetry. So here's the thing. If you're a newer believer, I wouldn't just like, hey, I want to read through the Psalms. It's going to confuse you. Here's why. Again, it's Hebrew poetry, but you have Hebrew poetry in there where one of the most famous kings in King David of Israel, the same David that defeated the giant Goliath, that little boy raises up, become one of the famous kings in all of Israel, and he writes things like, God, I hate my enemies. Will you please crush their kids' heads on rocks? He's raw. Right? And you're going you're gonna to get to that part and you're like, what is happening here? So, I mean, it's a great book. It's dangerous. And we're going to look at two verses this morning. And uh, what I want us to do, church, is can we, can we say this prayer together? It's by King David in verse 23 and 24. Let's read this together. Can we, church? Ready? Search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. Let's pray. Father, I pray right now that you would begin to just open up our hearts. Some of us, we've come with distractions on our minds. We, we are so far away from actually hearing your word right now. God, I pray that we would leave that before your throne. And whatever you have to say to us, may it fall on a soft heart. And if we feel convicted by something, pray that we take it to you and not put bitterness towards you or one another. And we ask this in the awesome name of Jesus Christ. We all together said, Amen. We're going to pick this apart, verse, a little word by word, verse by verse. We're going to do three, we're going to tear it in three things. Here's the first thing. Are you ready? And I'm going to look for a marker. <laughs> all right, here we go. Here's the first thing. Search my heart. Search my what? Heart. Very first thing King David is saying, is he saying, God, you search my heart. Search it. That's dangerous. You ever prayed, God, search my heart? Because here's the thing. Inside of our heart, there are things that we don't like. And he begins saying, we got to search this thing. And what is in our heart is anxiety. We have fear. We have anger. Bitterness. We have lust. We have unforgiveness. What else? What else is in our hearts? What other sin? Hate. It's a good one. What else do we have? There. Doubt. 
guilt. I'm going to write shame. Worry. Resentment. Re. Dot, 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 dot. There you go. Anything else? Love. Of course, love's in there. That's a great one. We have things in our heart. It's very dangerous. And David, God, I want you to search this thing right here. I want you to search this. Because I'm not proud of everything that lies right here. And what's amazing is that the prophet Jeremiah, look what he writes. 17 verse 9. Look what he says about the heart. The heart is what, friends? Deceitful above all things and beyond cure. Who can understand it? I mean, this is the prophet Jeremiah who's the voice of God to the people of Israel. And he's saying, this thing here is deceitful. Above everything in this world is your heart. It's full of deceit. King David knows that. And the very first thing he says, God, you've got to search this. You've got to search my heart. Because here's the truth. We have so many colors to choose from. We have God over here who desires a pure heart. We have Satan over here who is in battle for your heart and he wants to corrupt it. Question becomes, what side are you allowing to win in your heart? Do you really to examine your heart right now? Are you saying right now, man, I think God's got my heart. It is pure. Or are you on this side to say, you know what? I've got a lot of stuff in my heart and I know right now there's some corruption going on in my heart. Satan's got a hold of some things in my life. First prayer, search my heart. Turn to your neighbor and say, search my heart. Your neighbor didn't hear that loud enough. Do it again. They're deaf. Search my heart. First prayer. Search my heart. And here's the thing. God's going to reveal some things in your heart. He's going to reveal some things. Not to punish you, to make you look more like his son, Jesus Christ. Search my heart. Here's the second thing, David. Search my heart. But then he says, search any of my anxious thoughts. I'm going to put it this way. Reveal my fears. Reveal my what? Turn to your neighbor and say, got fears? So we have search, and then we have reveal. Here's the thing. For many of us, we have fears. And we have fears because we know in our heart there's a lot of things that are deceitful, things that we don't like, and we have fears about what lies in there. For some of us, we fear a broken relationship. We fear success or being unsuccessful. We fear failing. Can I just rip my heart open right now to you guys? My number one fear is failing you in this church, in this community. I was heading down US 12 in Chicago and I hopped the railroad tracks and I didn't, okay, I didn't hop them, you know, I just went over them. It sounded like I was going really fast or something. And I got over them. I was just like, God, I don't want to fail this community. This community needs you. And I just clear as day, God said, Ryan, just please me. Not people, please me. 
And it's really hard because you know what my number one love language is? If you've taken the five love language test, is words of affirmation. I love it when I hear people say good things about our church. And when people say bad things, it rips my heart. But God says, please me, not people. Because when you please me, you will please people. But I had it out of line. I was trying to please people first. Because it's not all Ryan. Your fear is rooted in something wrong. Please me. I love what Pastor Craig Rochelle of Life Church, um, 60,000 people in his church in Oklahoma, here's what he says about fear. What we fear the most reveals where we trust God the least. Ouch. Ouch. My one word, we did a series back in January 1st about one word. What's one word to focus on this new year to live like Jesus more? Instead of coming with a list of things of New Year's resolutions, what's just one word you can focus on? My one word was strong. Why? Because I knew I was trying to do everything myself and I got to rely on God more. Stop pleasing people. Please, please me. Where we feel... Where we fear the most reveals where we trust God the most. Man, thanks, Craig. <laughs> That's good stuff. Turn your neighbor and say, reveal my fears. So we have search my heart, reveal my fears. And here's the third and final one. It's uncover my sins. Uncover my what? Oh, we don't like this one, do we? You know, I'll let God do a little search of this because, yeah, there's some things that needs to be cleaned out inside. Yeah, God, I got some fears, and all right, I can, I can handle some of them. But, oh, man, this gets ugly. You're going to uncover my sins. And this is where it can get dangerous. Because we really find out sometimes what lies in here. Uncover my sins. What's holding you back? God, I want that gone. Look what, look what, look how David words this. See if there is any what, friends? One more time. See if there's any what? Offensive way. Is there anything, God, that is getting in my way of following you? I, I gotta know. God, is there anything in the way? And now lead me in the way of everlasting. God, you gotta search my heart. Reveal my fears and uncover my sins. Search, reveal, uncover. Search, reveal, uncover. Turn to your neighbor and say, search, reveal, uncover. Search, reveal, uncover. This could be the most, one of the most dangerous prayers you pray. Why? Because God's going to reveal a lot about you. But as I said earlier, He's going to reveal some things, but it's only going to help you grow closer to Jesus. And that's the goal. God, search my heart. What, what is truly in here? Reveal any fear. Reveal those anxiety thoughts that I have. And God, would you just uncover my sins? I can confess them now to you. Search, reveal, uncover. It's difficult to pray. This is when I got back. I told you guys, I, I came to staff. I, I, man, do I really? It's one thing that it looks good on the board. It's a whole nother ball game to actually pray this. But why? Why pray this prayer in Psalm 139 that King David wrote? Worship team, you can make your way up. Why? 
think this is the why right here. So that we may shed the things that are distancing ourselves from a closer relationship with Jesus. God, you search all this. It's in my life. And you begin to reveal some fears where I'm trusting you the least. And God, you begin to uncover my sins, remove anything, any offensive way that's getting in the way of me following you. So I want to draw closer to you. What's in the way of you following Jesus? What's in the way? This morning, a different feel. We're going to give you time to do this prayer. I think oftentimes we can get into a, the busyness of the chaotic schedules that we have. Yeah, and we can get busy in here with our script of everything we would love to get done in our Sunday morning worship experience. I, I don't think it would be fair for all of us if we just went over that prayer and not have time to do it. The team's going to lead us in a song. We'll come to the altar. And up here we have cushions for your knees if you want to come and kneel and just cry out to God. Just say, God, search my heart. Reveal my fears. and uncover my sins. Help me to shed everything that's causing a distance from being a closer to you, Jesus. For some of us, this, this is weird to come up to an altar and kneel, and I, I get it. We don't do it often. I don't think we do it often enough. But I think kneeling is a posture we see all throughout the Scripture, all throughout God's Word. Just a different posture of prayer. Now, you don't have to come up and use the altar. Stay where you're at and just cry out to God. We have Kleenexes, though, if you just want to cry your eyes out and have that good snotball prayer, you know, that just that good one going. It's there for you. Can we just shed everything? Say, God, search it. I just want to draw closer to you. God, will you awaken me? Some of us, we are dry. Absolutely dry. We just need to be awakened to who Jesus is. So feel free to use this altar to kneel, to cry out, to cry out from where you are, to stand and sing. The church, let's cry out to God together. The last night that Jesus had with his 12 disciples, the 12 young men who followed Jesus for three, three and a half years, they went into the upper room of the house and had a meal together. It was in that meal that Jesus took the bread and broke it, said, gave thanks to the Heavenly Father, and said, take this, all of you, and eat. This represents my body that was broken for you. Take and eat and do this in remembrance of me. He said he took the cup of wine, told those in the room that this represented my blood that will be shed for you 
Take and do this in remembrance of me. We're going to enter a time of what the church world knows as communion. A time to reflect and remember how Jesus broke his body for you. For me. For that person next to you. And for that person who aren't in these pews yet. Here at Radiant Life, we only have one rule of communion. You must be a follower of Jesus to partake of communion. We have four stations for you. We have two in the corners, two in the back corners. One thing I want everyone to do is before you take it, I ask that you would get your heart right with God first. And if your heart isn't right, I'm going to challenge you, do not take communion. Don't take it. Take it when your heart is right with God. And you can come and grab them from the fronts or the backs and take it when you're willing to take it. You can take it there. You can take it back to your seat. You can come back to the altar. The team's going to do some more quiet songs for us as we move. But I do ask, don't move with when the crowd moves. Move when you are ready. Because the masses will come. And you will feel like I should go. Don't go until you're ready. I'm going to stay down front here. If you just want a time of prayer and you haven't surrendered your life to Jesus and you're like, I'm ready. I'm ready to give it. I'll be down here. I'd love to pray with you. I would love to have communion, your first communion with you. But when you're ready, two in the back, two in the front. It's going to get a little busy in here because we're packed. That's why I say, go when you are ready. So let's take and remember what Jesus did on the cross for you, for me. He broke his body and shed his blood for you. So take it with a pure heart, knowing you're ready. So whenever you're ready, two in the back, two in the front.